Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hello, saints. And I want to say a sincere hello to the non-believers. I receive new listeners every week and not all of them are are believers. Okay. Now, thank you for tuning in and, and joining the family of Bible truth listeners today. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. Now, I hope this series continues to find you who have been following it hungry for the truth. Now, I want to also share that this is episode number three of a 12-part series entitled The Acts of the Holy Spirit, Why the Church Have No Power. Okay, now for all of the new listeners, we are touring the book of Acts, all 28 chapters, verse by verse. The book of Acts contains the beginning of the church age of the Lord Jesus Christ, the early church. Now, how the apostles were led by the Holy Spirit when they witnessed uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jews. The Holy Spirit also directed the apostles how they should set up the fellowship within the church. The apostles and the disciples were given power by the Holy Spirit to perform signs and wonders while performing miraculous healing. This same power is available to the church today. So we are talking about and learning through the book of Acts why the church doesn't have that power. Okay. We also learned that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ took care of one another. They had all things in common. No one had a need for anything. The church truly took care of one another by sharing their wealth with the poor. Now, if you want to play catch up, please go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public or Apple Podcasts. And listen to parts one and two so that you can catch up. But type in learning Bible truth and in the search engine and and my podcast should pop up. Now, before we move forward, let me address a a, a couple of uh, issues that that came up since the last episode. Now, uh, apparently there is some respectfully or, or respectful disagreement. (laughs) with my beliefs that there are no more apostles. Okay. Now I will respond to this with three questions. Number one, before the apostles replaced Judas Iscariot, Peter consulted with the Holy Spirit. The 11 apostles, along with the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus, agreed that the next apostle should be one of the disciples who walked with Jesus and was a witness to the resurrection. They chose two candidates who walked with Jesus and witnessed the resurrection, okay? And after Peter consulted with the Holy Spirit, he consulted directly with Jesus. They cast lots, and it fell on Matthias. So that's who Jesus chose. My question to you is, which apostle did you replace 2,000 years ago? Which one? Send me your response via email. Now, I'm not going to leave you without more than one witness, okay? 
Now, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 21, verse 14, it talks about the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb written on the wall of the city that had 12 foundations. In Matthew 19, verse 27 and 28, Jesus talks about the 12 individuals sitting on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Jesus was talking about the 12 apostles. So tell me which of the 12 apostles are you? Now you can also read Luke chapter 22, verse 28 through 30. Jesus was referring to the original 12 apostles. Also read Revelation 2, chapter 1 through 3, which may scare you a little bit. Jesus talks about those who say they are apostles, but they are not. They are liars. Now you go ahead on and argue with Jesus. Now I'm just saying, please send me your response. Why does the Bible only list 12 apostles? Why aren't they, uh, you know, listing the 20th century apostles? Okay, because we don't have any. That's why. That's why we don't have any more apostles. Now, signs and wonders were performed by the teachers, the pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, uh, the deacons, the, the bishops in the church, and all who were filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen and Philip were not apostles. We're going to get to that. We're going to start reading about that beginning with verse, uh, I mean, chapter six. Six, seven, eight, and nine. Eight and nine will be uh, taught tomorrow. If I can get to eight today, we will do chapters six, seven, and eight. But seven is so long. And plus, um, my commentary included will make it even longer because I have to explain to you, especially in chapter seven, what was going, what's going on. But you will find that Stephen wasn't no apostle. He was an evangelist and he was the first deacon of the church. Deacons are not spiritual gifts. They are uh, positions appointed in the church. We don't even have to have them. We don't have to have any deacons, but you will find out why uh, the apostles created uh, what we call uh, deacon positions in the church. We're going to find that out. So uh, if you are over 2000 years old, you can be added to, to one of the chosen apostles. Okay. You go ahead on and I don't know anyone that's 2000 years old. And I will say this again. I'm not saying there aren't any apostles today. What I am saying based on scripture, I don't believe apostles exist today. So now you can call yourself whatever you want to. I'm sticking with the scriptures. Okay. Now let's get this truth on the road, starting with chapter six. I am still using the ESV, the English standard version, and I am reading verse one of chapter six. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, the Hellenists are the Greek speaking Jews. OK, arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The daily dis distribution is the charity part of the Christian church. OK, and because of a language barrier, they were not being neglected intentionally. It was because of a language barrier between the two. Verse two, and the 12 summoned, the 12 are the 12 apostles, summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Talking about the apostles. Verse three, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Verse four, 
but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to ministry of the word. Verse five. And and what they said pleased the whole gathering and they chose Stephen. Stephen, who is an evangelist, not an apostle, but he is also a Hellenist. He is a Greek speaking Jew. Okay. A man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip, who is also an evangelist, not an apostle. And Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas a proselyte of Antioch. And I told you guys before proselytes are people who converted from one religion to another. In this case, he converted from Judaism to Christianity and he's from Antioch. Verse six, these, they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on them. Verse seven, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. They weren't, they didn't have a position in the ministry. I want to make that clear. They became obedient to the faith. Now, let me explain these first six verses. Now, the seven who were chosen to serve the Hellenist widows, the growth of the church created problems when a, a number of Hellenists, and I, I, I spoke about that while I was reading the scriptures, and which uh, were Greek speaking Jews, responded to the gospel. Now, the resulting language barrier led to the neglect of some needy widows and the apostles called upon the Greek speaking community to choose leaders to meet the need. Okay. Philip and Stephen were most popular out of the seven that were chosen. But what people didn't know is they are Greek speaking Jews. Now the Hellenists, um, as I said, are people who are Jews who speak Greek and they were dispersed Jews living outside of Palestine. Okay. Their primary language was Greek. The Hebrews were, were native Palestinian Jews who spoke Aramaic as their primary language and had attended the Hebrew speaking synagogue, not as fluent in Greek, but you know, they seem to have overlooked the Hellenist widows unintentionally. Okay. Now, some scholars claim that this verse is just the tip of the iceberg, indicating serious theological frictions between these two groups in the Jerusalem church, and that they had major differences over um, observance of the Old Testament law and the proper role of the Jerusalem temple. Now, let's pick up at uh, verse 8. Now, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Verse 9. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen. Freedmen were um, previously enslaved Romans who had been set free. Okay. As it was called. And of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those of Cilicia. And Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen over the gospel, by the way, verse 10. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with, with which he was speaking. Verse 11. Then they secretly instigated men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. 
So they secretly instigated men. What they did was start lying. <laughs> Let's simplify this. They, they gathered together, spoke to some men and said, we need to get him out of here from speaking this gospel. So they lied on Stephen. Okay. Verse 12. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. Verse 13. And they set up false witnesses who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. Verse 14. Unbelievable. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. Verse 15. And gazing at him, talking about the council, looking at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. They listening to these, these evil and ranting people who, who reject Jesus. And they don't even follow the laws of Moses. And we're going to get to that. And they're following their own customs and they're lying on him. And the council looking and, and looking at Stephen and saying, wow, is this true? <laughs> he don't look like that. This man looked like an angel. Now we're going to go into chapter seven. And I told you before, chapter seven is long. So I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, but get you the details so that we can try and I say that again, try to get to chapter eight today. So that way I can do chapters nine and 10 tomorrow. Verse one of chapter seven. And the high priest said, are these things so? They asked Stephen. And Stephen said, now I want you to understand this. Stephen is getting ready to give a sermon to these people based on Old Testament scriptures that link to Jesus in the New Testament under the new covenant. Now, I want you guys to pay close attention to what Stephen says to them. He didn't just answer with a, a no or these things. So he didn't just say no. He started preaching to them. Now, I want you to listen. Verse two. And Stephen said, brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Verse three, and said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. Verse four, then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Verse five, yet he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length but promised to give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had no child. Verse six, and God spoke to this effect that his offspring would be sojourners in a land belonging to others who would enslave them and afflict them 400 years. Talking about the children of Israel being um, enslaved by the Egyptians for 400 years. Verse seven, but I will judge the nation that they serve, said God. And after that, they shall come out and worship me in this place and worship me in this place. God saying after that, they shall come out and worship me in this place. Verse eight. And he gave him the covenant of the circumcision 
And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the 12 patriots. The 12 patriots are the 12 children of Jacob who represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. Verse nine and the patriots jealous of Joseph, which was one of their brothers sold him into Egypt, but God was with him. God was with Joseph verse 10 and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt. Pharaoh made Joseph ruler over Egypt and over all his household, over Pharaoh's household. Okay. Verse 11. Now there came a famine throughout, throughout all Egypt and Canaan and great affliction. And our fathers could find no food. Verse 12. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. Verse 13. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And if y'all notice the, the council, the council members are listening to, to uh, Stephen's story. Verse 13 again. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Let me start right here for a second. Let me tell you why they are listening because they knew these scriptures. They know of these scriptures in the Old Testament. This is why Stephen is reading and bringing back to their remembrance these scriptures in the Old Testament. Verse 14. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kindred, 75 persons in all. Verse 15. And Jacob went down into Egypt and he died. He and our fathers. Verse 16. And they were carried back to Shechem. And laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamar in Shechem. Verse 17. But as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt. Verse 18. Until there arose over Egypt another king who did not know Joseph. Verse 19. So Joseph didn't get the same treatment that Pharaoh gave him from this new king. Okay, verse 19, he dealt shrewdly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. He killed those children of the children of Israel. Okay, verse 20, at this time, Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. Now, I want to also bring to your attention that Stephen is not reading the Old Testament scriptures verbatim. He is paraphrasing. He, those, the members of the council knew exactly what Stephen was talking about. They just didn't link it to Jesus. He's going to link it to Jesus. Now listen, verse 20 again, at this time, Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. Verse 21. And when he was exposed, meaning when he was seen, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. Verse 22. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. Verse 23, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. Verse 24, and seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. 
verse 25. He supposed, meaning that he thought that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, meaning delivering them out of the hand of the Egyptian. But they did not understand. Oh, my God, that's revelation there. Verse 26. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling. They were arguing and tried to reconcile them, saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? Verse 27. But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, meaning pushed him aside, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Verse 28. If I was Moses, I would have said God did. But anyway, God had not uh, made him the ruler yet. It's coming shortly. Verse 28. Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Either he heard about it or he saw it. Verse 29. At this point, in any event, Moses fled and began an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Verse 30. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him, meaning Moses, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in a flame of fire in a bush. Now, an angel appealed to him, appeared to him, I'm sorry, but it's God who started talking to him. Verse 31. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the at the sight. And as 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 he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. Verse 32. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look because I would have been trembling too. verse 33. Then the Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet. For the place where you, you are standing is holy ground. Verse 34. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their groaning. And I have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This is God, the Lord Jesus, talking to Moses way back then before Jesus put on flesh came through the womb of Mary and grew up in the flesh as a child to the age of 33. Whew, I was about to get full there now for a second. Verse 35, this Moses whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Meaning the angel set up that, that, that meeting between Moses and God. Verse 36, because angels are not commissioned to preach the gospel. They are not commissioned to appoint you as a leader. If you notice throughout the Bible, especially in Acts, and we're going to get to those chapters throughout this series, angels set up meetings, but they are not commissioned to preach the gospel. Okay, verse 36, this man led them out performing wonders and signs in Egypt. And at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. Verse 37. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. Talking about Jesus. Verse 38. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers. The prophet like me. Oh, my God. He received living oracles to give to us. Verse 39. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. They pushed him aside 
And in their hearts, they turned to Egypt. They pushed Moses aside. They rejected Moses. So Stephen is trying to connect the two when the children of Israel rejected and pushed Moses aside. They did the same thing when Jesus came. The prophet like me that Moses said, God is going to send you and you shall listen to him. He's now telling them he's, he's connecting this to Jesus and how they continue to reject the Holy Spirit of God. Because God's Holy Spirit spoke through his prophets in the Old Testament. He wasn't given to people. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to people back then, but the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets. Okay, I thought I'd share that whenever the Holy Spirit tell me to add something, I'll add it. Uh, verse 40 again, saying to Aaron, make for us gods with a little G who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. They had just neglected Moses. That's what this is talking about. Verse 41, and they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to, to the idol their idol God and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. They had built idol gods with their hands and was rejoicing and worshiping that idol God made with their hands. Okay. Verse 42, but God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices? During the 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel, verse 43, you took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your God, Raphan, the images that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Now, uh, let, let me talk about that a little bit. Verse 42 and 40, 43, Stephen carried the accusations of Israel's idolatry on down to their occupation of the promised land. Now, when they began worshiping heavenly bodies, the host of heaven, to establish this, he quoted the Greek Septuagint version of Amos, chapter five, verse 25 through 27. Moloch was a Canaanite sun god, okay? The identity of, of Raphan is, is kind of, it's uncertain. We really don't know. My research couldn't find it, but it possibly refers to Rapa the Egyptian name for Saturn, because we have a lot of people, a lot of religions today, they worship the creation rather than the creator. You know why? Because they are worshiping things they can see. They can't see the creator, but they can see his creation. So they start to worship his creation. And let me tell you, that separates from, from you from God. You can't worship his creation and think you are worshiping him. Okay. Um, like Muslims, Allah is a, is a moon God. They worship a creation of God, not God himself. And, and look, I'm not afraid to speak the truth, but that's what's wrong with a lot of people today. Why do you think Jesus told Thomas when Jesus, when the, when the apostles told Thomas that Jesus has risen, Thomas said he didn't believe it unless he's able to put his hand in his side and, and, and see the wounds on Jesus where the nails were, were embedded. So Jesus said, look, blessed is, is the man who believes and haven't seen. What you think Jesus was talking about? He talking about him. He talking about God. Blessed is that man who believes in God and hasn't seen him. My goodness. But this right here is talking about people worshiping God's creation rather than him. Now, verse seven, uh, 44, Stephen turned to the, to the charge made against him regarding the temple. 
Now, he contrasted the, the tabernacle or tent with the temple. The temple is not necessary for God's purposes. Okay. For in the wilderness, God directed the construction of the tabernacle. And you can read Exodus chapter 25, verse 40. Write that down for your studies. Now, in distinction from the temple, it was, it was movable. It contained the witness, the stone tablets inscribed with God's law. It contained as Israel's place of worship through the period of the, the, the conquest on down to the time of David, who was the first to request a temple. You can read and write down 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 1 through 17 and read about that uh, in reference to David and the temple. Now, however, Stephen should not be misunderstood as saying that building of a temple was wrong. Okay, it wasn't wrong. Um, what he was trying to communicate is that it has nothing to do with God himself because it's okay for a gathering place. But what Stephen was saying is that, you know, you can have a place of worship, but that's not where God is. Okay, God is not confined to a building. That's what, what Stephen was trying to communicate. Now, in verse 48, so we can get through chapter 7, Stephen quoted Isaiah 66, verses 1 through 2, to establish that God does not dwell in houses, a point Solomon himself made in, in 1 Kings 8, chapter, chapter, uh, chapter 8, and verse 27. Okay, now Israel's era was in con confining God to a temple. Okay. Now let's pick, uh, pick back up in verse 49. That's where we stopped at. Uh, no, let's, let's go back to 48. So, um, we can work our way back up and finish out this chapter because there are 60 verses in chapter seven. Verse 48, yet the most high does not dwell in houses made by hands as the prophet says. Verse 49, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? And these are questions. Um, and verse 50, did not my hand make all these things? So God is saying here, I'm not in these buildings. Okay, I gave you the talent and equip you to build them, you can gather there, but I'm not there unless the people there and I am in the people's hearts, okay? Unless the people are there. And we need to get that. So people be talking, we go on to the house of the Lord. What, what house is that? That's what I want to know because that's what God want to know. What house is that? Uh, let me read this again. Um, God said in, in verse 50, did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people uncircumcised in, in heart and ears. This is Stephen who's talking right now, not God. Stephen, the gangster came out of Stephen because he knew what he was dealing with, okay? Unbelieving people, and if, if anything like me, because I teach crisis prevention and, and intervention, I teach verbal de-escalation, I read body language extremely well, especially facial expressions. So if Stephen saw the facial expressions that they wasn't believing him, not, th not that they weren't believing, they weren't receiving that truth. He went to the Old Testament because they knew the Old Testament. That's why. And he linked it to Jesus. So listen at this. When, when Stephen turned into a gangster, honey, verse 51, you stiff necked people uncircumcised in heart 
and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you, verse 52, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Because the prophet, let me tell you, from Moses on, to, uh, after Moses, Samuel, and, and on down through all the way to uh, Malachi, they were resisted by the people. And the prophet spoke on behalf of God. The people, these people, the, their fathers resisted the prophets who were speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 52. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. There you go. He linking it to Jesus. Verse 53. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Did not keep it. But verse 52 explains the, the, the Jesus part. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. The righteous one is Jesus. Whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Verse 53. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Verse 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged. And they, gr and, and they ground their teeth at him, verse 55. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, this is Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus at the right hand of God, verse 56. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing, meaning Jesus, at the right hand of God. Stephen knew he was getting ready to die. Now, Stephen did not have to stay there. I'm just saying he didn't even have to uh, preach to these people, the council, and tell them about Jesus linking Moses and the Old Testament scriptures all the way to Jesus. He didn't have to do that. But uh, Stephen was the first martyr for Jesus. He died preaching the gospel. He was the first of the disciples to die preaching the gospel. Now, verse 57, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together. They were, they were, they were covering up their ears. They didn't want to hear it at him. Verse 58. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Underne underline that name Saul, because this name is super important for the rest of the book of Acts and all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. Think about it now. Underline the name Saul. Verse 59. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus. He said two prayers before he left here. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's a prayer. Verse 60. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, the second prayer. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Only those who feel with the loving Holy Spirit would ever say that would ever say, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Doesn't mean God, you know, didn't hold, wasn't going to hold it against them. And when he, he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, falling asleep in Christian language is death. He died after he said that. Now, let me make this clear because I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I, um, this scripture. If you do not repent of your ways and worship in um, idol gods, and accepting Jesus as Lord and Christ, 
you will not be forgiven. So I, I want you to understand that now Stephen gave enough information through Old Testament and linked it to Jesus for some of the people who were standing there to believe. And in, in my estimate, I believe some of them did accept Christ because we had people um, added to the church daily in the uh, Old Testament church. And it's actually the, um, I actually did a dissertation when I received my, my doctorate in theology on the early church. So the early church, um, people were added daily as they preached the gospel. Okay. Now, why do you think people are leaving Christianity today and people are uh, following religion and, and false gods and pagan gods and, and, and have signed up for a first class ticket to hell because of the lack of the truth of the gospel and the word of God being taught in the church today. Hmm. No power, no signs and wonders are being performed because the church ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you this, the Holy Spirit ain't going to reside where lies are being taught. Oops. Oh, I know that hit home somewhere. The Holy Spirit will not reside where lies are being taught. If the word of God is not being taught, the Holy Spirit ain't there. Because if you notice Peter two sermons, Stephen's sermon, and trust me, the conversion of Paul, those sermons were all biblical. They didn't make up no words to tell these people. They were preaching the truth. And because of the truth, they were being killed. The average Christian today, they ain't dying for Christ. Christ never asked us to die for him. But if you are in a position where you are told, you say Jesus is Lord one more time and we're going to kill you. Baby, Jesus will be a long forgotten dream. But not me. I'll just be going on home like Stephen did. Because I know he's real. I know the Lord Jesus Christ is real. So guys, we have enough time to go um, into verse, I mean, chapter eight. Let's do chapter eight. That way I can do nine and 10 tomorrow. So today we're covering six, seven, and now we're going into chapter eight. Verse one, and Saul approved of his execution. Whose execution? Stephen's. And there arose of that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout, re throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. They spoke well of Stephen. Stephen died a martyr. He was the first martyr, the first disciple to die in the name of Jesus. Verse three, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. This is Saul who consented, who gave his consent um, to the death of Stephen. Okay, for the death, of, the death of Stephen, Paul consented. I'm saying Paul now because his name is going to be changed. We're going to talk about the conversion of Paul here. Not just yet, but Saul was his surname. Now, uh, verse four. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. They were they may have been scattered. Because Paul and his soldiers were chasing Christians, trying to get, look kill some of them and put them in jail. The ones that they could catch that weren't fighting back and put them in jail. All for what? Preaching the gospel. Not harming anybody. Preaching the gospel. So um, now we're getting ready to talk about Philip, the evangelist. Now, Philip was on his way to a revival. Let, let me start off um, at verse four again. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Verse five, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. He was preaching. Okay. 
Verse six, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and they saw the signs that he did. Verse seven, for unclean spirits crying out of crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Verse eight. So there was much joy in that city. Signs and wonders should be following the evangelists when they preach the gospel. Even if it's converting someone from um, just being unsaved and not believing in anything to the Lord Jesus Christ and watching that transformation right then and there. Ain't no transformation in no 12 steps. If you come in contact with the word of Jesus and you receive it, you receive that power and you are filled with the Holy Spirit. We would see that transformation on the spot. On the spot. Verse nine. But there was a man named Simon. I want y'all to... uh. Remember this name here, Simon, who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like some are, are today. Verse 10. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the power of God that is called great. Verse 11. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Verse 13, even Simon himself believed. I want y'all to pay attention to that, that, that verse here. Verse 13, even Simon himself believed or did he? Ah. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip, who Simon did, not Simon Peter. We have a lot of people in the, in the Bible with the same names, by the way. Uh, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Verse 14. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. Now, this is the Peter, the apostle Peter and the uh, apostle John they're talking about who came down and prayed for them because you got to remember Peter's surname was Simon, but they're not the same. This is a different Peter, Peter and John verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that, that they might receive the Holy spirit. And let me stop right here and tell you, you don't automatically receive the Holy spirit just because you receive Jesus or you claim to receive Jesus. And I want to bring your attention back to the name Simon, who was the magician here. They said he believed, right? Okay. Listen, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. He who the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus in water, water baptism. Let me clarify that. Verse 17. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Now, when Simon, the one who was a magician who claimed to believe, saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles hands, he offered them money. Verse 19 saying, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But wasn't he with the crew that was supposed to have just received it? Uh, Did you hear what I said? Wasn't he with the crew that was supposed to have just received the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit don't don't fall on false believers here. Uh, Now let verse 20. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you. Because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter. 
for your heart is not right with God. I don't care how many times you hear somebody say the name of Jesus. If their heart is not right, what's going to happen is you're going to hear through their speech and in their actions that they were phony and that they are fake. Okay. And I know you ain't never heard it like this before because they're going to water it down. I want you to look at Simon and the Bible says he was with them and that he had even believed. He believed what? Because the Holy Spirit refused to fall on him when Peter and John laid hands on them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, not all of them were proof right here. Simon wasn't filled just because somebody claimed to be at the church. Don't mean they in the church. Okay. Now verse 22, Peter continues, repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. If possible. Verse 23, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. He was still there, never repented. He just wanted that power. That's what he wanted. He just wanted that power so he could sell it. He was making money off being a magician. He wanted the power so he can sell it. But the Holy Spirit knows your heart, people. You can't fool the Holy Spirit. Verse 24, and Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. What kind of prayer is that? Not that I may be delivered, but nothing that you said shall come upon me. Unbelievable. Verse 25. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samarians. Verse 26. Excuse me. <coughs> Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, and remember I talked about earlier how angels can set up a meeting. Oh, some revelation is about to come people. Uh, verse 26 again. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south. Verse, um, yeah, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Verse 27. And he rose and went and there was an Ethiopian a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was not poor, but he was black. Ethiopians are black people. As a matter of fact, the word Ethiopian or Ethiopia means black. He was a black man who worshiped the God of the Jews, but he didn't know Jesus. So look how the angels set up this meeting. Look, 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 Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. These were rich people. He had come to Jerusalem, Jerusalem to worship, verse 28, and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah and verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet and Acts. Do you understand what you are reading now? Before I go any further, I want you to understand why did God send this angel to set up this meeting with Stephen, with Philip, not Stephen, Philip and this Ethiopian. This Ethiopian had a heart for God. And let me tell you, there's some strong revelation here. Just because you are seeking God and you got the right one, you missed the adoption agency. The adoption agency is Jesus. You can't get to God without Jesus. Now, God set this meeting up because he knew the heart of this Ethiopian. Um, so Philip, verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And listen to the response of the Ethiopian at verse 31. And he said, how can I? 
unless someone guides me. That's why we need teachers. And if you run into a false teacher and, and you don't have the Holy Spirit that, that, that can discern whether or not what you are hearing is the truth, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because if he had ran into a Muslim, they would have told him he was talking about Moses. I mean, um, Muhammad. Muhammad name not even mentioned in the Bible. And, and, and so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. That's the rest of verse 31, verse 32. Now the passage of scripture of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter talking about Jesus and like a lamb before it's sheer is silent. So he opens not his mouth talking about Jesus because he didn't open his mouth when he was being slain. Verse 33 in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Because remember, they slaughtered an innocent man. No justice for Jesus. And whom can, whom can describe his generation? That's, that's um, verse 33, the end of verse 33. Let me read that again. Verse 33, in his humiliation, Jesus was denied, denied him. I mean, in his humilia humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? That's a question. For his life is taken away from the earth. Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, verse 34. And the eunuch said to Philip about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? This is where teaching have to come in. Verse 35. Then Philip opened up his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God for that soul that was saved that day, that Ethiopian, that black Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 36. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, Philip must have told him about accepting Christ as being Lord and Savior. You're going to hear another way to be saved, too. Not just saying Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead It's coming, but he also talked to, to the Ethiopian eunuch about being baptized in water following, uh, it's, it's symbolic of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Um, where was I? In verse 38 and he commanded the chariot to stop. Wait, hold up. I, I don't want to lose my spot. Let's do 35 again. Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water in the Ethiopian and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water. Water wasn't sprinkled on the eunuch's forehead here. They went down into the water representing the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus. When you come out of that water. Okay. And Philip and the eunuch and uh, hold up. And he commanded the chariot to stop and both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Verse 39. And when they came up out the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. See, Philip was on his way to a revival. God, the Holy Spirit directed him to that Ethiopian eunuch. God will direct his believers, his, 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 his evangelists his disciples to anyone who is in need of that word. Don't go to him talking about your denomination. When you encounter someone who is trying to understand uh, some, some scriptures they're reading in the Bible and they are not saved, you need to lead them to Jesus. Wherever he is in that Bible, you link that to Jesus. Every scripture in this entire Bible is about Jesus. 
You can, it doesn't matter where they are in the Bible. You link that scripture that he is reading to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you start telling them about the good news that your sins are forgiven. Your sins, no matter what you have done in your life, you could have murdered a hundred people. If you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven today. You are given the seal. Do you hear me? And that seal cannot be broken until the day of redemption. You are given that seal saying that you belong to God. No matter what you have done, Jesus is still a forgiver. He is still your savior and he is still a redeemer and he is still a deliverer. If you are sick, you can be healed. If you have nasty, dirty, filthy ways, if you are a whoremonger, you can be delivered from that. Stick with the truth. Stick with these scriptures. Okay. And you got to remember, uh, what, where were we? Verse 39. And when they, they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away to continue on his, his journey. And the eunuch saw him no more. And here's what the eunuch did. And he went on his way rejoicing. Ain't nobody coming in contact with Jesus and you don't see no joy. Don't let them lie to you. That Ethiopian unit went away rejoicing. Let me say it again. The spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing, praising God for what had just happened to him. He now know what the scripture was talking about. He was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he getting ready to go share that word with his people. Do you hear me? Verse 40. But Philip found himself at Azartus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now we're going to stop right here, saints, because I'm going to um, go over chapters nine and 10 with you tomorrow, possibly chapter 11. I'm, I'm surprised we got through six, seven and eight. But praise God for that. If the Holy Spirit wants something communicated, trust me, he will make a way out of, out of no way. So if you have any questions, please feel free to send me an email at talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. Um, pray and ask God for understanding the scriptures that I called out throughout this episode and, and you wrote them down. You know, you have opportunity to review them and search them out. And I uh, hope that you stay safe. Continue to practice social uh, and physical distancing. Continue to wear a mask if you are out in public. Continue to pray for peace and unity, especially with the body of Christ. Uh, continue to preach the gospel. Whenever you are led and, and given the opportunity to share Christ, you share Christ. Because a denomination can't save. Mm -mm. Your fellowship can't save. Jesus is the only one who can save. So until next time, I am Dr. Kamala D. I come to you with love and peace. And I'll see you tomorrow. pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.